I to be in love. What a feeling that must be. To have that person to call your own. That person to slow dance in the burning room with. That person to listen to records with that gives new meaning to song and lyric. That person to travel the world with, take selfies with, drink cheap wine with, and share experiences with. That person that offers a shoulder to cry on and a face that mirrors the emotions of yours on their own. Oh, to be in love, what a feeling it must be. To be loved, to live your whole life thinking you were just a pawn, a background character never meant to be noticed by the leading roles that surrounded you, but yet someone did, and you both work. Work to be in love, and sometimes it requires no work at all. Every rainbow needed a cloudy day to form. And what is it about the greatest love stories having the most tragic endings? Now strangers by nature, two lost souls who once found themselves within the other, now lost again. Forced to carry the burden of another once more. Oh, to be alone and independent. What a feeling that must be. To not have to answer to anyone and to do as you please, go as you please, and have the space you so often require at any moment in time. Some say falling in love is overrated. Maybe. You can find love in a lot these days, and maybe it ain't that love is overrated, but that no one worthy of that amount of time and space has crossed your path yet. I would be alone and independent. What a feeling that must be. A cold little heart may leave you desperate, but the truth will set you free. I wish there was a way to know you're in the good old days before you've actually left them. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to a brand new season of the After the Storm podcast. New life, new stories, new music, and new reasons to deliver a bigger and better season. For those of you that are here from season one, welcome back. And for those of you that are new to the show, welcome home. Real quick, just to go over the purpose of what this show is all about. We've all got stories to share, moments of glory and instances of vulnerability. And what we do here is provide a platform for you to share your stories, whether good or bad, happy or sad. Regardless of the reasons that brought you onto the show, we're happy to have you on. And I hope people who listen to your story walk away with something from it. See, when I started this project, it came from a place of personal need. 
I needed something to fill that creative void I'd been having for over the course of two years. And my late 20s have brought me so much self-awareness and clarity that I found a way to combine the two into an expressive art form. But like any person, I eventually burned out and a little bit of life needed to happen to come back with more to give. And so we arrive here today with our season two premiere, excited, motivated, and hopeful for the prospects of a brand new season. As always, before getting into today's topic, and it is a spicy one today, I just want to take this time to thank those that continue to listen and support this project. Those that offer feedback and take the time to dissect these episodes with me. Those that have been on the show already and those that have expressed interest in coming on. As well as those who have asked when season two dropping. And a special, special thank you to those that said they missed the serenading sounds of my totally normal podcast voice during my brief hiatus. This has always been a passion project for me. But the desire to make it better and keep producing it is fueled by all of you who take the time to listen and support. So from the bottom of this cold, cold little heart, I just want to say thank you. Okay, now that that's over with, let's get into it. Dating, 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 dating. What an absolute shit show it can often be. <laughs> I mean, I remember being 18, making a pact with a friend of mine to get married by 25 if we were still single. And clearly, that was a Michael Jordan Space Jam-esque level stretch. Because here we are at 29, single, and thriving. And I've had my fair share of bumps and bruises along the ways, but who amongst us hasn't? So whether you're single, in the talking phase, in a committed relationship, in a toxic one, or you think you found the one and got married, dating still takes work. Listen, if all it took to solve your dating woes was to tie the knot, say your vows in front of friends and family, shake your little asses to the same five Pitbull and Bruno Mars songs that every wedding DJ seems to think are a necessity to play at the reception. I mean, every wedding I go to, they play Uptown Funk and Fireball and Hotel Room Service and, yo, get a new playlist. But okay, I digress. Anyway, if you think that's all it takes, along with the consummation of the marriage after all your friends and family finally leave your after-party hotel suite, then... Maybe divorce rates wouldn't be so damn high. But I'm not here just to spread negativity. Let's face it, dating in your late 20s and early 30s just hits a little bit different than it did when you were a young, promising 21-year-old prospect, 5 a player, on your way to your second house party of the night with a bottle of hypnotic and pinnacle vodka in hand. Basically what I'm saying is we knew how to date just about as much as we knew how to drink back then. If it felt good at the moment, it was probably going in your mouth. <laughs> but we're grown now, and we've seen more of what the world has to offer. And to think that I thought I found the end-all be-all the first time I mixed pinnacle whipped cream vodka with orange juice. I thought I found it all. But I want to take this time to say thank God for whiskey 
Because life would have been a whole lot different had I gone down that path of Pinnacle with Vodka and OJ. If you catch what I'm saying. And so on that note, dating. Dating in your 20s, to be exact. We're starting this season off hot. And for those of you that don't know, my name is Eddie. And I'll be your host and guide through the After the Storm podcast. So feel free to sit back, relax, pour a glass of whiskey or some of that cheap-ass vodka you bought on clearance for $24.99. As we enjoy this journey through life, self-acknowledgement, and of course, music. The sun will come out. What a fucking roller coaster this is, huh? Maybe you imagine being settled down, married with kids in a modest suburban home somewhere far, far from the streets that once claimed you. Or maybe you're single, independent, focused on yourself, knowing that if the right one ever came, they'd have to fit into your life and routine, not disrupting the flow you've already got going on. But if that's the case, then by now you've probably had your share of relationships, situationships, friends with benefits, awkward bumble dates, and moments where the timing just wasn't right for one of you. But through it all, you've likely learned a lot about yourself, your independence and your codependence, and you've become more self-aware of what you bring to the table and what you expect or require from your counterpart. And maybe you've come to terms with your non-negotiables and have learned to set healthy boundaries to protect not just your space, but your heart as well. Or maybe, just maybe, all of this sounds like a bunch of bullshit and you found yourself down a path of self-destructive decisions, looking for relationships with partners that wave the same red flags as those who have failed you and caused you trauma in the past. It ain't easy separating your wants from your needs. We all wish we could get the best of both worlds in one. But of course, nothing worth having is ever that damn easy. I had plans of being married by 25 and now I don't even know if marriage is something I necessarily even ever want. And what I've learned is that our surroundings affect us. Either our attachment issues or lack of parental relationship stability makes us exaggerate our need to make a relationship work or completely detaches us from the idea that marriage and the one actually exist. Personally for me, a lack of stability in relationships must have had an effect on me despite how much I downplayed it in my upbringing. Throughout my entire adolescence, the only thing I knew to be more unstable than the relationships in my family was the Miami Dolphins quarterback situation. A divorce was a common thing, and as a child of divorce, I never got to see what stability in the household actually looked like. And in retrospect, it seems like this made me romanticize different relationships more than I maybe should have. But I think there's something to be said about those who 
wear their heart on their sleeve and aren't afraid to try to commit to something. I think our dating profile or what we look for in people is so often derivative from trying to find validation for things that we've lacked in our upbringing. Along the way, you'll realize that you'll end up dating people who fit a certain profile. You've got the pleaser. The pleaser seeks acceptance and validation by putting everyone else's happiness before their own. Pleasers lack initiative. They tend to be indecisive and they struggle to lay down healthy boundaries due to a lack of ever having any at home. And an unhealthy relationship or a lack of a relationship with their parents may have led them down this path. And in a city like Miami, the pleaser can easily find themselves in a one-sided, often verbally abusive relationship with someone who takes advantage of their selflessness. And then you have the victim, often from an unstable home. They've learned to bottle up their emotions and keep things to themselves. And as adults, they struggle to find their worth. They're easily bored and oftentimes apathetic. A victim has more patience for a control of relationship and will often abide by the needs of their partner just as they did with their parents. No matter how emotionally damaging or damning their relationship is for them, they will stay and stay and stay. And then the controller, the opposite of the victim. The controllers use control as their safeguard from negative emotions such as fear, embarrassment, and powerlessness. Essentially, they're displacing their emotions and just overcompensating to a degree. Though the use of anger is kind of their strong point, they use it to become strong-willed, stiff, and less reactive to affection, and therefore they're less likely to be vulnerable with their partner, and they mostly rely on themselves. And then from there, you transition into the avoider. Ah, yes, the avoiders. These are the true independents, whether through an upbringing where they were thought that being emotional was to be weak or from a lack of emotional guidance, the avoiders find it hard to commit when things get too serious. They'll often hide emotions and rarely ask for help. They won't tell anyone what they want or what they need, or when they do, they'll be very inconsistent about it. And in relationships, they may be scared to show closeness and intimacy, and they'll even feel isolated, unattached, and uncommitted. And they'll struggle to ever give you the closure you really want in a relationship. And then from all of that, you get the secure connectors, the stable ones. They have a healthy way of expressing their own faults and strengths as well as that of their partners, but they do it in a constructive way. Throughout their childhood, they had an open relationship with their parents and they had room to settle disputes and accept when they were wrong. They established boundaries and disagreeing wasn't so much of an issue uh, for them and they understood when they were wrong and they basically live life prepared for all outcomes a secure connector can really be the balancing force for the rest of these types so you can take that approach and you can look at dating from a psychological aspect but when does our individuality kick in well reality is at some point you'll become so self-aware of your dating profile and yet you still may choose to consciously continue down your self-destructive path, even if it doesn't work for you. You might even end up finding something you feel and know is good for you, but you just eventually find yourself bored. It's really interesting to me because some people make their whole identity dating, which 
Makes no sense because even when everything around you is good, you always feel like it can be better. But does better mean that you need to invite someone else into your intimate space? Not necessarily. I mean, I don't think so. Because sometimes when we feel incomplete, we assume that finding a significant other will fill that void and act as that missing puzzle piece. But the problem with that is that the best relationships are between two individuals who are secure and confident in who they are and what they bring to the table. And when a person who knows that they're not fully ready or mentally prepared for a relationship goes into one with a what's the worst that can happen mentality, it can actually end up being a selfish choice because they're not putting the feelings of another potentially committed partner into account. And in that what's the worst that can happen mentality scenario, while it may not be so bad for you, it may be the worst case scenario for another. And for those of you that have been around and know how this show operates, you know that music is a big part of what we do here. And so I want to take this moment to thank those that broke my heart for opening the door to some of the greatest songs I've ever heard. Music is the glue that holds this all together. In my moments of triumph and in my greatest moments of vulnerability, music has always been there. And when I'm going through something and when I'm heartbroken over a situation, I always turn back to my favorite songs. And sometimes through this, I look for songs because I'm a masochist, just like all of us. I feel like sometimes when we're sad, we kind of just try to dive deep into that hole of sadness. The same way we would with when we're happy or when we're mad. We kind of just like to really get the most out of that emotion while we're in there. And so through that... I have to say, and I would argue that the greatest songs ever created are those that deal with love, because those are the songs that really have the most passion behind them, the most meaning behind them. Like You know that those songwriters were going through it when they wrote these songs. And so today, I want to introduce you guys to a song I'm a big fan of. I love soul music, and I think that soul is directly derived by relationships and love and being heartbroken or being in love with someone. And this specific song is by this dope-ass soul group called The Sacred Souls. And they just had an album come out in August. I highly recommend it. It's self-titled The Sacred Souls is the name of the album. And on that album, they have this phenomenal song called Week for Your Love. So check it out.
it's funny because there's this book and I know I just talked about uh, dating profiles, but there's this one book. It's called Attached. And every single person that I've ever met that's read this book or that has recommended it or that has been it's been recommended to has one had a severely broken heart and two eventually gone to therapy not necessarily just for the heartbreak but that amongst other things and that to me shows me that although our stories are so different in some regards they're really so similar and we all just kind of have this common bond from trauma and the people who have done us wrong or the, the, the hearts we've broken along the way. So maybe we've been through the ringer, though, through heartbreak, through self-doubt and not understanding why we haven't been deemed good enough for someone else. And through time, I've heard the famous line, it's not you, it's me. And I've heard it in its many forms and variations. And when you hear it so often, you start to believe that it may actually be you. But at some point, you'll have to arrive back at that point where you need to realize and understand that it's in fact not you, while also learning not to take things personally. You'll remember how to embrace who you are. You'll regain your confidence and enjoy your individuality again. And you'll live your single life to the best of your abilities. Sometimes the pressures laid on you by your family and your friends to date and find your person turn out to be truly detrimental. But by your late 20s, it's safe to say no one knows you better than you know yourself. In, in your younger 20s, you were likely more willing to change yourself for another person. But now, nah, not so much. See, you arrive at a point where you learn self-acceptance a little more every single day. And now you're looking for someone to love you for you. Even if you feel like you're a lot to handle or unstable or all these negative things that you like to highlight about yourself while downplaying all the amazing qualities that you have. At a younger age, you knew the value of a relationship, but not so much the value of your space and time. And despite all that, it's completely normal to arrive at that point where you feel like love just isn't out there for you. In a world full of pessimism, it's often hard to be optimistic. And it's that damn ticking time clock that we set on ourselves. We hit 30 and all of a sudden we're old, where it's over, we're past our prime, we're washed. But nah, we're just getting started. But along the way, it's okay to learn, get emotionally bruised up a little bit, and go through the ringer that is dating in adulthood. We focus so much on relationships and partnerships, while honestly, it's a gift just to be alive. Everything else in between is pretty much just a bonus. For me, I've always said that relationships are just a vicious cycle of introducing partners to your favorite music, only for them to introduce them to their next partner as their own. It's pretty fucked up, ain't it? But because I'm in a giving mood, here's another one for your stupid playlist.
when the approval of others or the need for partnership consumes us, we often lose our sense of individuality. That's not to say that relationships shouldn't be part of the process, but they can't and shouldn't be the process. And I'm a fan of all the cheesy romantic comedies, just like all of you are, both the cinematic types and the shows. I've watched How I Met Your Mother twice, I've seen The Office, I've seen Jim and Pam, the whole thing, and believing in the one and all that, and not to sound pessimistic and all that, but throughout your journey, you might meet that so-called one, your Robin, your Pam, and you may meet them more than once. But sometimes it's in that same person throughout different parts of your dating life that you just can't seem to get the timing right. And other times it's with different people. But when it doesn't work, you might feel like the world is crumbling. Like 1,000 pounds of stress has been added to your back and it's beginning to weigh you down. You can't function the same as you functioned before and life just feels like there's no purpose to it. And you might look for comfort in the aftermath from all the negative vices you thought you had put behind you. Maybe it's in listening to the same album or song a thousand times or rewatching your favorite movie. Or maybe it's through validation through things like sex, alcohol, drugs, and self-destructive actions. But eventually you'll have to find a way to ground yourself again. And although that relationship may not have worked out, the fond memories will be hard to shake off. And you'll tell yourself that the most unselfish thing you've ever done for yourself was to invite someone into your most private and intimate tics, thoughts, moments of vulnerability, and days of joy. But then you'll grow angry at how selfish someone could be to then leave you and take your most intimate moments with them. You've now lost a part of yourself. They took that from you. But part of life cycle is in a Kanye lyric. They say people in your life are seasons, and anything that happened is for a reason. They say people in your life are seasons, and everything that happened is for a reason. Not everyone is meant to be in your life forever. Some people come in like the seasons prepared to be a light to shine you out of the darkness you're currently in. Lovers, friends, relationships. No matter how deep of a conversation you have with a person at 2am or how often their name would show up on your phone, a day will come where you'll learn to be fine with letting them go. And when you can shake off that part of you, that part that's been missing, that person who used to be your counterpart, your other, and then you'll find your true self again, your individuality, and you'll be able to get back to those traits, those healthy habits that made you the desirable person that you know you can be. Dating is hard. It's hard as shit. No one wants to go through that small talk, talking phase over and over and over again. I don't want to ask how your day is, what you had for lunch, how work was every single day. You want to skip past all that bullshit and get to the good part. But it's not so easy. It takes a lot of time, energy, and the older you get, the more valuable your space and time becomes. And to invite someone into that area means that you truly believe there's something special about this person. At least that's the case if you're trying to date in a serious way. For a long time, I thought that I was someone who could date casually. And to be honest, I probably can. But 
I've been doing it for so long that at some point it just starts to feel empty again. And I think that a lot of people around me start to feel the same way. It's like, how many times can you go on a Tinder date, a Bumble date, a hangout that, you know, you're not sure whether it's a date or not, and then follow it up with like another random hangout and so on and so forth. At some point it gets tiring and you want that security and you want to know that you can make long-term plans with someone, you can invite someone over and uh, get to meet their friends and they meet your friends and go through that whole process. But it's hard, man. It's hard. And that's okay. As long as you understand that dating and finding that other person, that other side of you, that other half is a part of the process and not the full process itself, then you're going to be all right. I think many people think that finding love is an accomplishment like uh, you deserve a medal for it like it's the same kind of accomplishment as finishing a 5k or winning a contest but i don't think you should turn love into an accomplishment and i don't think you should turn an accomplishment into love those two things are separate if anything i think that the one time that you should look at love as an accomplishment is when you can Finally, arrive at a point where you know you love yourself. If you don't love yourself, how can you possibly have the energy to love someone else the way that you know you can? There are a million, million cheesy-ass quotes that I can recite right now about taking it day by day and about enjoying the the journey there uh, more so than the finish line and the end result and yada, 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 yada. And for some of you, that may work. For me, I mean, as much as I love writing, it's kind of just cheesy, corny shit at this point for me. But what I will say is that I truly believe that those who have been hurt in the past and that have been able to let themselves be free and vulnerable and comfortable with another person those are the people that have truly lived. And when those relationships don't work and you have to start back at square one, you may ask yourself, why does the rest of the world get to move on while I have to sit here and patiently wait? And the greatest beauty of all exists just within that. Because although what you used to have no longer exists, you still exist. So in that moment of existence, don't rush back into something you know you're not prepared to be in. Take the time for yourself. And at one point, you'll ask yourself, when do I wrap up all of my stories and experiences and say, okay, I'm ready to present myself as I am with little to no fucks given about what someone else has to say about it. But moving on can be hard. And every now and then, you might find yourself falling back into bad habits.
One of the hardest parts of the entire dating process is moving on to the next person after dating someone that you really felt a connection with. And for whatever reason, it just didn't work out. And through that, you find a collection of songs that could possibly remind you about them, can make you feel nostalgic about them or the situation that you had or the good days that you had, sometimes even the bad days. But music is always there to really tell that story. And so one song that's been really popping lately, it's been all over TikTok and Instagram, is I Think I Like When It Rains by Willis. So if you haven't heard it before, it's essentially about finding light in even the saddest days and being nostalgic and going back to those fond memories you have with that person, even when you're still dealing with the pain of not having them in your life. And so if you haven't heard it before, this is I Think I Like When It Rains by Willis. I think I like when it rains You told me to go to the light with people and putting yourself out there is this level of growth and understanding for your value and who you are because there will come a time when you find yourself stagnant and plateauing in a relationship that does you know well but you struggle to leave because you still care for this person but at some point you realize that your relationship has hit a flat line and that there's nowhere to go from here. And sometimes it's even worse. You stay in a relationship because you have attachment issues or you have this fear, this insecurity that no one will ever deem you as good enough or that they'll, you'll never be able to get back out there and fall in love again because you've worked so hard to make a relationship that doesn't work, work. And through that, the growth comes when you finally arrive at that day where you set your boundaries and you understand your true value and you tell this person they can go their own way. We'll go on home and start 
So if you take anything from what we've discussed today, it's that no matter whether you're single, in the talking phase, in a situationship, uh, engaged, married, in a long-term relationship, the one thing you need to always remember is to never lose your identity. Never lose your individuality. And although it is nice to be codependent and to have someone to be dependent on, you always want to make sure you keep that level of independency as well. Believe it or not, despite what people may say, being in a relationship and dating is not the end all be all to being happy. Sometimes it can make you quite the opposite. Being in a relationship can make you miserable and you'll miss all the time that you had on your own. So if you feel lost and you feel like that person that you've been searching for isn't out there, just relax a little bit and enjoy the space that you currently have because there will come a time when you look back at this time in your life, this period in your life, and wish you could go back. And so I encourage people to go out there and experience all the things that they want to experience. Don't lose time. Don't waste time waiting on someone to come your way to make that trip abroad or to go to that concert or to go hiking or do that cross-country road trip you've always dreamed of doing or to go skydiving or to get a tattoo or any of these things that you feel you need to do with a partner. No. You arrived on this planet alone, so why not experience things on your own as well? I'm not a therapist and I'm no relationship expert. I can only speak based upon what I've experienced, what I know, and what I've seen. And throughout my experiences, throughout my journey, I've come across so many people, so many incredible people that just seem to be stuck, whether it's stuck on a previous ex or stuck in a current relationship doesn't make them happy that they're trying to work through every single day. And to me, I, I'll never be one to sit there and judge and try to rationalize the situation they're going through. Because anybody can look from afar and say that this is the right choice to make. The smart decision is to leave him, to leave her, to stop thinking about him, to move on, to get over it. But the reality is sometimes the heart beats faster than your mind works. And so to those that feel stuck, all I say is that there will come a day, a day when you no longer think of that person anymore, a day when your first thought in the morning is not him, is not her. Life gets better, but it also moves pretty fast. And like the great Ferris Bueller once said, if you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. And on that note, we arrive at the end of the season two premiere. And I know that I spent the entirety of the episode pretty much giving you the perspective of a single person, but that's just what I know at the current moment. And so for the people out there who are currently in strong and stable relationships, number one, congratulations. Number two, I'm happy for you. And number three, I'm sorry that I did not have more content for you today. <laughs> but I hope that you could have taken this episode and seen what it's like to date in your 20s and see how 
horrifying it can be sometimes. So, of course, anyone who listened to season one knows that I always like to leave the show off with a banger. And originally I had this idea that I'm like, let me cater to those that are in those committed and stable relationships and play this nice and loving song for them. And I was originally going to play Riptide by Vance Joy, nice little uh, indie song for you to dance to in the kitchen and have a dinner date with and yada yada. But instead, I've done a complete 180. And I've decided that because this is the season premiere, I wanted this to end off on a true banger on one of the songs of the summer and a song that I think is not only fitting to celebrate the first episode of season two but also one that lyrically fits the story as well and so as we sign off on the first episode of season two just want to say thank you to everyone who made it this far, who listened to the entire episode or who skipped through or just pressed play and told me to listen to it. I don't really care, but I appreciate all of you from the bottom of my heart. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And if you haven't been able to tell what's about to happen, this is Titi Me Pregunto by the one and only Bad Bunny. Titi me preguntó si tengo muchas novias Muchas novias, hoy tengo a una, mañana a otra, ey Pero no hay boda, Titi me preguntó si tengo muchas novias <ríe> Muchas novias, hoy tengo a una, mañana a otra Me la voy a llevar la toa pa' un VIP, un VIP, ey Saluden a Titi, vamos a tirarnos un selfie Say cheese, ey, que sonríen las que ya les metí en un VIP VIP, ey, saluden a Titi, vamos a tirarle un selfie, say cheese, que sonrían las que ya se tiraron de mí. Me gustan mucho las Gabriela, las Patricia, las Nicole, la Sofía, mi primera novia en Kinder María y mi primer amor se llamaba Talía. Tengo una colombiana que me escribe todos los días y una mexicana que ni yo sabía, otra en San Antonio que me quiere todavía y las de PR que estoy son mías, una dominicana que juega bombón, uva, uva bombón, la de Barcelona que mi bicho está cabrón yo dejo que jueguen con mi corazón quisiera mudarme con todas por una mansión el día que me case te envío la invitación muchacho deja eso ey titi me preguntó si tengo muchas novias muchas novias hoy tengo una mañana otra ey pero no hay poda titi me preguntó si tengo muchas novias ey ey muchas novias hoy tengo una mañana otra titi me preguntó
Versace. ¿Para qué tú quieres tanta novia? Me la voy a llevar la toa pa' un VIP, un VIP, ey. Saluden a Titi, vamos a tirarle un selfie. Say cheese, ey. Que sonríen las que ya les metían. Un VIP, un VIP, ey. Saluden a Titi, vamos a tirarle un selfie. Say cheese, que sonríen las que ya se olvidaron de mí. Oye, muchacho, el diablo azaroso. Suéltese, my baby, que tú tienes en la calle. Búscate una mujer seria para ti. Muchacho, el diablo, coño. Yo quisiera enamorarme, pero no puedo, pero no puedo. Yo no confío, yo no confío, nah, ni en mí mismo confío. Si quieres quedarte, hoy que hace frío y mañana te vas. Nah, muchas quieren mi baby gravy, quieren tener mi primogénito, ey, y llevarse el crédito. Ya me aburrí y quiero un totito inédito. Hey, uno nuevo, uno nuevo, uno nuevo, uno ey. nuevo. Hazle caso a tu amiga, ya tiene razón. Yo voy a romperte el corazón, voy a romperte el corazón, ey. No te enamores de mí, no te enamores de mí Sorry, yo soy así, ey, no sé por qué soy así Hazle caso a tu amiga, ella tiene razón Yo voy a romperte el corazón, voy a romperte el corazón No te enamores de mí, no te enamores de mí no. Sorry, yo soy así, ya, yeah. no quiero ser así